Turn in your Bibles and stand with me one more time to Luke chapter 17. Part 6 in our series, The Signs of the Times and the End of the Age. The Days of Lot is going to be in three parts. I started last week with the people in the Days of Lot. And this week we're going to talk about the believers in the days of Lot. And then, Lord willing, next Sunday I'll culminate this series talking about the uh, depravity of immorality, especially sexual immorality that runs rampant. And Jesus said, Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now before you're seated, I just want to bring this to your attention so you can study it out at home. Notice that it did not say as in the days of Abraham. Now, do you understand that Abraham and Lot were living in the same days? It didn't say the days of Abraham. It said in the days of Lot. So what that means is the spirit-filled believer, the consecrated believer... The believer that's not looking for anything from the world. They enjoy pleasures, but they do not want any connection. The believer that walks the narrow path. The believer that refuses to vex his soul by letting things in the ear gate and eye gate. The believer that is reserved unto God. That's not what it's going to be like in the days before Jesus Christ comes. He said the days of Lot. So Lot will be the common believer. And I want to preach a very straightforward message to you. I'm grateful that I'm part of a church that doesn't crave pablum, but that you can get the meat of the word too. Because the word of God, three of the things that it says it's beneficial for is correction and instruction and righteousness. And yes, exhortation. How many of you feel encouraged already from the spoken word and the sung word? I need you to tell me, I need you to give me adjustments, Lord. I need you to, you know, oh, okay, I got it. I need you to block a door off. I need you to turn a light on and let me see what I didn't see before so that I can make choices based on the light that you give me. I don't want to be like this man. And there are things recorded in the Bible. God records our goodness and our flaws And we need to just about study the life of Lot and do the exact opposite. Father, I humble myself before you, so aware of my own weaknesses and failures. And I've not been uh, shy to keep those from those that serve here at this church. But I also want to state publicly that in my heart and in my soul, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that man, and I don't want to be like that. So cause within us, Lord, this morning a conviction. We invite you, Lord, to convict us. To make us feel guilty of the areas that we're wrong in and that we're sinful in. That we might repent and find grace and thereby uh, miss the judgment uh, of uh, of, of you, Father. If we will let your fire burn in us today... We have no fear of the fire of judgment later. So change us, O Lord. Humble our hearts today in your sight that we might receive grace. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. I'm going to just say the last day believer. Now you do know that the Bible called Lot just. It said the Lord delivered just Lot, not just the one person, but just. Lot had a faith in God, in the God of Abraham, but his faith was not that which to model after. It was minimal faith. And I picked out just a few of these found, and if you're taking notes, please go home and research this, Genesis 13, 14, and 19. Write that down. Genesis 13, 14, and 19 gives you the biographical sketch of Lot. And so, in a nutshell, let me take about four minutes, five minutes, give you an introduction, then we're going to look numerically 
at the things that describe Lot and the last day believer. The Bible called Abram out of the land of the Ur of the Chaldees. And he said, get out of your father's house and out of this area and go into a land that I'll show you. And the Bible said that he took his father and then his brother, his dead brother's son, with him. Didn't have to, but took him with him. And they sojourned, and in their travels, Abraham, God blessed him. Many cattle, many herds and goats and uh, wealth and lot as well. And when they got to a, a certain part in their journey, and this is just the cliff notes, they were both so blessed that the workers started to fight with one another, not in an evil sense, but hey, don't come over here. There won't be enough grass if you bring your cows and pigs. Now that I'm a farmer, I understand this. You bring all your stuff over here, it's going to look like Beirut over here. So keep all your animals over there. And there was contention. And Abram and Lot got together and... Abram said, look, I, I don't want there to be any contention. The, the, the spiritual believer said, you just take whatever land you want, and I'll take whatever's left. And Lot looked and saw the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible described it, as, it says, even as the Garden of Eden. They had just experienced famine and had to go to Egypt for food. And now there's temporal provision. There's commerce. There's, uh, later you'll see, immorality and depravity. But anything that appealed to the flesh, uh, food to eat, flesh. Uh, a security that I've got enough now because I'm gaining more, flesh. Everything, uh, illicit behavior, immorality, homosexuality, fornication, adultery. Everything that they came out of. See, Sodom and Gomorrah looked like... Uh, Ur. And Lot chose for himself the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. At first, he just pitched his tent towards it and looked and watched. And then later, we find himself moving his tent right outside the city gate, which means I can benefit from all of the commerce and the traffic and the things for sale. I can barter. I can use the city without being in it. And then the next thing we know, he was in Sodom. And I researched, I looked, I searched the scriptures, I searched commentaries. I could not find an exact amount of time. But the only suggestion came from a theologian that said it appears that he was in Sodom and Gomorrah 20 plus years. That he stayed in this place. And then one day, two angels showed up and told Lot to gather his family. And you must leave this place because the Lord has come to destroy it. And don't listen to any modern theologians that tell you the, the, that it wasn't because of sin or depravity. It was exactly for that. And there are multiple scriptures that confirm it was because of the rampant immorality, sexual immorality, as well as a prosperity there that was so rich that it caused them to forget about God and they lived idly and they were not concerned with the poor. They were self-absorbed. How I feel Sexual immorality. What I own, pride of life. So lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. It was all there. And Lot lingered. And the angel said, come on, it's time to go. And uh, uh, Lot said, just come inside and stay the night here. And listen to what the angel said. The angel said, mm, I, we're, not, we're not sleeping. I'd rather sleep or I would rather stay outside the city gates and talk to you in the morning. Angels would not spend the night where Lot lived. Lot lived there. And the angels of God said, can you imagine? Where do they reside? With the Lord. And they said, we, we don't even like being in here. And as Lot compelled them, the Bible says that the men, both young and old, all, is what it says, came and surrounded the house and were beating on the doors. We know you have uh, strangers in there. Bring them out that we might know them. And regardless of how these modern theologians twist the word of God, it means the same thing. And Adam knew Eve, which meant he had sexual relations with her. And Eve conceived. These men said, bring them out that we might have sex with them. And uh, he said, brethren, don't do this thing. And they said, who made you a ruler over us? You're from outside anyway. And then he offered these men his daughters. He said, these are my virgin daughters. Do with them what you want. I, that's a whole other sermon about the things that our children hear us say. 
that chart the future of their destiny. And they said, no, and they went to push in the building into the house, and the angels blinded them and said, get out. And they had to be drugged out. Here's grace made available, and they're lingering and the such, and they get outside, and he said, don't look back. Don't even look back. And as they were leaving the city, Lot's wife looked back, and she melted. She burnt, evaporated into a puddle of salt. And Lot and his children, his two daughters, made it uh, to a cave. And uh, again, these are just the cliff notes. Uh, the girls were thinking that the whole world was destroyed. The Bible said there would be no men. So they got their father drunk and slept with him one one night, one the other night. The father impregnated the girls. They gave birth to Ammon and Moab, who became Israel's bitterest enemies. Anybody else feel like you just need to go take a shower? It's just like, ugh. It's horrible. It's horrible. Now, the worst thing is if I'm reading the scripture correctly, he said that's what the average Christian is going to look like. That ties together with the verse that said, when the Son of Man cometh, will he even find faith on the earth? Separating faith. Satisfied faith. Consecrated faith. Righteous faith. Not perfect. Abraham struggled, and the Bible records his struggles, but he wanted to be sided with God. So with that introduction, number one, if you're taking notes, the last day believers are lovers of money. If you ever visit a Christian bookstore, if you ever watch ministry on television, and we've been on television, it's been a while, but for years, so I group myself in, uh, not exempt from your judgment, the most talked about, the most consistent, and the most distorted teachings coming from Christianity today in the West is the discussion of money in the life of the believer. It's just horrible. We're going to send them money, and instead of them telling people about Jesus, they how to. One preacher that I used to listen to years ago said, It'll work if you work it. I'm like, Take the scripture, twist it, work the scripture, not the scripture, work you. Work the scripture and you gain financial wealth. How to build a better life. How, how you can have your best life now. Don't, don't wait for pie in the sky later on. Live now. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be rich. No, God wants you to be holy. God wants you to be his. And it's not money. And that's the other thing. You've got the, the people that think it's all about money. And the others uh, act as if that's the horrible sin. That the only way to follow God is to have nothing. Uh, money is like a brick. It's, it's nothing. It's just who, what, whose hand it's in. A brick can build a house or it can bust out a window. And God will bless a believer up to the point where your blessing becomes a cursing and then he'll stop. It is not how much you have in the bank. It's how much you have in the bank that has you. So you don't look at a wealthy person and go, I bet they're carnal. God may just be blessing them and blessing them. And they give away and they serve. And God says, it doesn't matter how much I give them, they're good. But this generation will love money. They love the things of the world more than the things of God. When Abram said, well, if this fighting is going to stop, uh, you just pick a land and I'll have what's left. Why didn't Lot... Abraham took him like a son. God visited him. Lot knew that Jesus Christ, the theophany of God, was appearing in man's form and meeting with Abraham and telling him that my covenant is with you and I'm going to make your seed like the stars of the sky and whoever curses you, I'm going to curse and who blesses you, I'm going to bless. And he sees he had nothing when he left Ur and now he's blessed. Why didn't he say Oh, no, 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 no. Sell the pigs. Sell the, sell the cattle. Sell whatever. It doesn't matter. I just want to be with you. I, godly relationships are more important to me than money. So it doesn't matter if my net worth goes down as long as my soul worth goes up. And some of us, I, I watch, listen, I watch men, two men, 
Both have opportunities to move away. Both the job is better. The benefits are better. And they can provide for their family better. Which should be a natural desire of any man that walks with the Lord. To take care of his family. Can somebody say amen? I want to take care of my babies. But one will say it's better. It must be from the Lord. And the other one. I've heard this with my ears. I'm going down a week before the interview. And I'm going to just drive around the city. And I'm going to check out churches. And I'm going to talk to pastors. Come because I ain't moving my family unless there's a place that I can raise my babies where they hear the word of God and we feel the spirit of God. And he said, and our souls are not for sale. Which is, which is your priority? We need to make sure that we're not chasing blessings. The Bible tells us that if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he will add everything else. Everything else. Lot was blind to the true source of his wealth, God. And he was blind to the channel, Abram. Now, I'm not building a doctrine out of this, but I just want to tell you, there are going to be key people in your life. Intercessors, teachers, preachers, friends, encouragers, prophets. That you will not be who you're supposed to be without them in your life. Elisha would not have been who he was without Elijah. And I can't say that name without telling you. That's why and Kelly allowed me to name our boy. Because I said, Lord, if you ever give me a baby boy, I have one prayer. I want him to have twice your spirit that I've ever had. Twice of your call. Twice of your, your power. I'm not asking you for wealth. I'm not asking you for anything else. Let him be a man of God. And every day of our lives... We pray. He'll say, God, I'll say it and he'll repeat. God, make me a man of God. Preach your word. Power, anointing. He says annoying instead of anointing. He can't say annoying, fruitfulness. Jesus' name, amen. So be it. You can't just leave a relationship that's changing you into Christ. Now, they're not our source, but they can be channels. There are certain preachers that I can listen to, certain churches that I can go to, and it's like I'm on that frequency. I just get it when they talk. I, I get it, and I'm not going to be quickly removed from that. You don't have any allegiance to me. Listen to me. There's no allegiance. You don't owe me any allegiance, and you don't owe Christ Chapel any allegiance. But if you're in connectivity and relationship with ministry and ministers and people in your life that make you walk closer with God. There is no price tag that you can put on that. He should have said, you take everything I own. I'm going with you. Isn't that what Ruth said to you? Naomi was the only thing she knew about Israel's God. Naomi wasn't great, but it was all Ruth had. And she said, wherever you go, I go. And who your people are, my people. Because I ain't living like a pagan anymore. Now, thank the Lord for those relationships in my life. Cherish them. Stay close to them. Because God has ordained that they would be a channel. Not your source. A channel. So that the body is interdependent upon one another. I need you and you need me. You can't write your story without me. And I'm not saying that arrogant. I'm saying that in overwhelming humility. Because God has put us together. He was unaware of how fragile and fleeting clutched and esteemed riches are. Whatever you hold like this, you will lose. You can have it all and live more blessed than anyone in the world if you hold it like this. But the moment you esteem the riches and you draw differentiations in the church between who has money and who doesn't have money and treat them differently. When money clouds your judgment and you, you view it as valuable, money for me, for your pastor, is a vehicle to uh, provide security and create memories for my family and to further the work of God. That's what it is for me. But he esteemed it and he clutched it. And he, even if he had to leave Abraham, he was going to have it. It's one thing to have money and quite another to be controlled by it. And God did not have to bless Lot. And God never asked Lot to preserve or increase what he had given him. 
Now, please listen to me, and I'll get off point number one. Because we have very successful businessmen here. God has given you intelligence, capacity, opportunity. You have worked your gift, and you've been generous with it. But God has never called you to increase. He will grant increase. God did not call you to preserve, but we're to be good stewards. Because there will come times in your life where taking the Christian path will decrease you financially. It will decrease you to do the right thing. So if we're torn, like, well, I have to keep what God's given me. Just like this church. When we, you know, we've had suitors. We still have people calling about it. And, and, and someone said, uh, that, that's, that's our church. God gave us that. Yeah, but he didn't tell me to keep it. It's not mine. It ain't mine. It ain't yours. What he wants to do with it, he can do. So I'm not called to make Christ Chapel's name great. I am called to make the name of Jesus Christ great. Number two, the last day believers are ignorant. Ignorant, if you're from the South, ignorant. Now, someone chafed at that just then, you know, like, I don't appreciate that. I didn't say they weren't intelligent. Ignorant means unaware. I consider myself smart. Let me tell you about me and Kelly. Let me tell you about me and Kelly. Kelly is book smart, graduated, degrees, honors, summa cum laude. I'm thank you, laude. Just thank you, Lord. <laughs> Let me get back to my note. Hold on. What was it? I consider myself to be sharp. I'm not good at regurgitating facts back to you. Like if I take a test and you give me a test and ask for the answer. That, I, don't, I might not remember the answer. But if you give me a problem and say, come up with six solutions. I'm like, oh, it's on now. And my brain gets to going. Okay. So I consider myself smart. But not book smart. I've got business savvy. I negotiated. The Lord graced me to negotiate this building. I talked a stranger into giving us $5 million. <laughs> a stranger. Okay. But if I go uh, with, with Tog to the hospital in the ER room and somebody comes in and the machines are going, I'm thinking, we need to check that. And they just, they don't even pay no attention to it. So what's the difference? Are they smarter than me? No, they are aware through education what those sounds mean. The last day church is ignorant of the things of God and the things of weight and the things of matter. Truly matter. They're unaware of the day we're living in. They're unaware of how close judgment is. They're unaware of their foolishness. They're ignorant. And we are to pursue the knowledge of the Lord through His Word and being guided by His Spirit. Lot did not know the difference between a test and an opportunity. This was not an opportunity for him to increase. It was, it was a test to see if he would grab money instead of walking with the founder of faith. He was ignorant because he let his looks become gazes. Be careful at what you stare at. Once it becomes a stare, it becomes enticing. Once it becomes enticing, he moved his tents. Once he moved the tents there, he, well, he turned them towards Sodom. It wasn't long before he moved in. He was ignorant of the power of gazes. Staring at another woman that's not your wife is a dangerous thing. I didn't say you can't say they're... Listen, we're not in legalism. Don't make your husband walk around with the... Grandma and Kelly bought these for the horses, and they put the things on the horse. You know, don't make your husband like, stop, stop. What's he supposed to just walk like this, bumping into people? You know, the balance is, well, of course she's beautiful. But this one right here is the most beautiful girl that's ever lived. See, the balance, God don't want you to have to walk around in, in legalism. I better get out. I just got in trouble. Somebody, they're staring at me all are quiet. But when I gaze, when I long for, see, it creates longing. Your gaze should not be earthward. Your gaze should be heavenward. Throwing, it's laying not for yourselves treasures on the earth, but throwing them on ahead. Throwing them on ahead. Because my feet can't walk where my eyes aren't looking. Ooh, that's good. This ignorance shows itself in his choices and in our choices. 
We do not count the cost of our decisions. We make long-term decisions based on short-term observations. We come to decisions through natural means. He processed what the best land was, what would meet his need, and made a decision based on natural reasonings. Make decisions for the glory and comfort of self. It said in Genesis 13, 11, that Lot chose for himself, not for God, not for his family to come. He chose for himself. There are people in this room that could be on your headstone. You chose for yourself. If you will humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and choose for him, let him choose for you and you make that choice. The Bible said if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, then the Lord will lift you up. And the haughty he brings down. Well, God gave us common sense. That's our problem. Yes, he did. And I am to use it in simple things. Like, I don't stand in the closet, Lord, which tie? Which tie? He says, they're all ugly. I don't care where any one of them. It don't matter. It's, that's not what you pray about. But I'm not moving here. I'm not dating this person. I'm, Lord, I'm not picking. You pick for me. They're ignorant of rebellion and the fallout of being unequally yoked. Lot married a woman from Sodom. Isn't it funny how he married close to home? We marry the childhood sweetheart. We marry, uh, you know, I talk to young believers who are living very carnally and, you know, in, in the clubs. We're still young and we're clubbing. And, and come home and cry about, can't find no good men. You're at Whiskey River and I can't find nobody. It is amazing to me if I go to the Volkswagen dealership. You know what's on the lot? Volkswagens. It's the, it's the bizarrest thing. Steve Eddy's here. If I'm at Sutton Acura, do you know what I find everywhere? Acuras. Acuras everywhere. By the way, there ought to be a demo for Pastor John at the Acura. Anyway, I'm just going to throw that at this. I'd give it to Ben. Ben, you can have it. It's amazing how we pick relationships and we say, well, I come to church and, you know, it's, they always say it's shallow in the church and there's just not a lot of Jews from you in the water too, aren't you? Some man may be looking at you saying it's shallow in the church. They may be saying the same thing. <laughs> and the issue is not how many fish can I choose from. It's God said, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. That's the scripture. So we're ignorant to the fallout. And you think lonely's hard? You think lonely's hard? Stare over at that joker two years after you married and you know you're out of the will of God at the breakfast table. You're looking at him going, mm-hmm. Look how quiet that was. <laughs> Ignorant of how exposure and compromise desensitizes our spirit and hardens our heart. It wasn't just that Lot entered Sodom, but that Sodom entered Lot. Okay. You know, sometimes I think, as I prepare these messages for you, I don't know how long God has for us to be here. I don't know how long I'd be here physically. I don't, I don't know. And I want to make sure that I'm free of the blood of all people, that you can't point to me in that day. You can point at many flaws. I got that. And I'm glad that I'm in a church that exercises enough grace that I'm not scared to open up my email. I'm grateful for it. But you're not going to point to me and say, he didn't tell me the truth. The Bible says if you love this world, then the love of God is not in you. Well, I love the Lord. I love the world too. Well, one of you is lying. And being that God doesn't lie, that leaves you. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. And we're ignorant in thinking that we can live in the lustful expressions of the world and the world not enter us. And if the world enters you, God leaves. Grieving the Spirit of God. And Samson did not know that the Spirit of the Lord had left him. Where Lot was ignorant by confusing God's patience with God's approval. He thought because God hadn't judged him in 20 years, there wasn't going to be a judgment. Number three. The last day believers are powerless. Oh, there's some moral nature to it, but power, 
I'm not talking about volume. I'm not talking about old school Pentecostal expressions in the church. I'm talking about power. Power to deliver yourself. So the king surrounded Sodom and Gomorrah and took captive all the people, took their wives, their children, and Abraham had 400 men, and he took on five kings. The Bible said those in right standing with God, righteous, right standing, are bold as a lion. And Abraham went and rescued Lot and all the, all the friendly inhabitants and brought them back and... Uh, took spoils, didn't just bring back what those people stole. He took spoils from them as well. And he went to Melchizedek, who was a type of Christ, having no beginning, meaning no record of lineage, having no end. And he offered unto him a tenth. And by the way, that's where we get the word tithe from. We're not bound to Levitical law to tithe. But before there was a law, the believer tithed and said, see, that's the floor for me, your pastor. That's just the floor for me. If Abraham gave the high priest 10% before Jesus died for our sins. For me, that's the minimum. That's the floor. And I'm not saying this to boast. You know I never talk about my part. Melissa takes it out of my check before I ever, it doesn't touch. It touches no one's hands. Now, if you work at Geico, I'm sure they're not going to take, well, we'll send that on to the Lord for you. I know they won't do that. But the principle for me is God first. God first. But this age, this person is powerless because they're fighting from a valley. So Abram, let me get back. Abram brought everybody back and tithed to Melchizedek. So Aaron, the priest that would come, comes from Abraham. So Aaron was tithing to Melchizedek. So the lesser tithes to the greater, you see? So Melchizedek being a type of Christ, when I give, I'm giving to the Lord, not to Christ's chapel. Okay, so when Abram come back, then the king of Sodom said, oh, take all these riches. And he backed up. He said, I don't want none of your stuff. Now, wait a minute. You risked your life. Surely the ox is worthy to tread the corn. Surely God... He said, Mm-mm. And listen to what he said. He did not say that money was wrong. He said, I'm not going... I don't even want a shoestring from you. That's, he was being sarcastic. He was drawing a line. He said, I ain't nothing like you. I don't want your shoelaces, lest you say that you made Abraham rich. My Lord and my God. You know what he was saying? He said, listen, I told Lot, you can take everything, and God's still going to take care of me. You're not my source. You're not my channel. I don't need it, don't want it. And if God wants me to have everything you have, he'll give it to me. But as for me... As for me, it will not be said of me. I just love this. It will not be said of me that Sodom made Abraham rich. Where you work, they're not your source. God can send you resources from anywhere, but you need to know who your source is. And so Lot was powerless to defend himself. And he was given a second and third chance only to double down in Sodom again. These people are powerless, even though they're exposed to and are benefactors of others with higher standards and deeper consecration. And he was unaware that he had been kept by the intercession and intervention of another believer. Now, I'm just going to say it and move on. Some of you are unaware that you are still around, not because of your righteousness, but somebody else that's praying for you. Praying for you. That's a scary thing. God wants you to be like Abraham. Where you are living not for money and not for yourself. But living to help other people. Reaching down. You can come out of that. Come on. i got enough strength for both of us. Come on. And you pull them up through prayer. You pull them up through intercession. But the last day believer is powerless. What will happen if the Lord tarries and you're no longer allowed to have a 501c3? Giving across the West will go down 40 to 70%. Because if I can't take off on my taxes, I ain't giving God nothing. Christians today are powerless. Y'all, 
scared, scared of Tamara, scared of the devil, scared of witches. The witches were out. <laughs> you, you read it all the time. They, they, they surrounded our church and drew a pentagram and killed a chicken. My first thought, honest to God, was did they cook it? Did they fry it? <laughs> oh, that's the devil's chicken. Mm -mm, that's the Lord's chicken. He's scared of you. And while you draw that pentagram, that wasn't no good in no way. By, by the time you draw that pentagram, I want you to know something. That you can't curse me. You can't hex me. My life is hid in Christ with God. I'm nowhere near. <laughs> See the reason. The reason carnal believers are scared is they're so close to the line that they think they could just be pulled over. See, to come get me, you got to walk through a lake, a river of the blood of Jesus. By the time you get to me, you'll be calling me brother. You can't mess with me. No fear. Powerless. When crisis happens, here's how you know where you are. And listen, I covet the prayers of this church. Mama Sheila stood by me during the worst times of my life. And I learned that there were seasons where I was powerless, which was an indictment against me, not the Lord. You know that you're powerless when in when crisis situation you run to someone else first. Then drop into your knees and saying, God, the one whom you love is sick. The one whom you love is in need of you. Lot knew he couldn't call on the Lord. Is there any mention of it? Did you know there's no mention of Lot ever building an altar? And everywhere Abraham goes, he's building an altar. He's been, so the last day believer, powerless. Oh, we got light shows. And let's get, we do the lights and we got the fog and we got machines. And we got, oh, we got to get the ambience right. And we got, but can't walk out of nothing. Can't endure nothing. The, the slightest wave hits them and they're gone. What happened to the scripture that says endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ? Whatever happened to fight the good fight of faith? Whatever happened to the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent people take it by force. I'm not looking for fight, but I got fight in me. I plead the blood over my family. I stand at the gate of our city. I stand in the doorway of my house. Say, not in this house, not in our life. My children will know and fear the Lord Jesus Christ. And before you get to them, you got to come through me. I'm not being arrogant. I'm telling you how I live. Are you powerful or powerless? Could it be that your residence is the reason that you're failing? Your pastor is not a man that's had many visions. But I had one early on in my Christianity. Just a, it was just a vision, a day vision, where it's just like you see a movie, just like this. And I'm standing, looking down at this city, and it was gorgeous. And an angel stood beside me and uh, said, that's Sodom. And I said, that's oh, beautiful. And the angel said, yeah, it's real hard to defend yourself when you live in a valley. That was it. Never forgot it. That's why we are to live with Christ in heavenly places, not in this world. And I might not have access to what they have access to. My flesh may not be satisfied like theirs is, but you can't just come and take me away when you want. Because we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Very quickly. Do you all mind if we go just a little bit while I want to finish? Is that okay? Two of you? Thank you. I appreciate it. Can I get a third? <laughs> Someone saying, I just told them to meet us at the Chili's because John lets out at 1130. I try. I try, but I got to get done here. Number four, the last day believers fail at home. Lot failed his family before he even had them by his lack of preparation as a man. By distancing himself from the true God, his people, his promises, and his blessings. Lot failed them before they were born by laying down roots in an immoral, wicked city. Lot failed his wife by marrying her. He married the type of person that he left when he left Ur. Lot sinned against her. She didn't sin against him. Lot failed his children by bringing them up in a home of contradiction and silent compromise. 
he failed his daughters by offering them up on the altar of public opinion and approval. Listen to this. This is very important. We stagger when we hear him say, here, just take my daughters, do with them what you want, which means rape them on the front doorstep all night long. Why would he do this? Because culturally, how you treated visitors, political correctness, this was what it was, how you treat visitors is primary, primary in the culture. And when the culture dictates what you will allow to happen to your children, you're a coward. You're a coward. Here's my daughters. He should have stood in front of them and said, stand back in the name of Jesus. Now, it probably wouldn't have worked because he's living in Sodom. But you see the, do you see the parallel of what I'm saying? Lot was not only powerless, but he was failing his children. Offering your children to the world as long as they approve. I won't, I won't, I'll, I'll be politically correct so that your friends at school will like me. I'll, no, no, no. I am not called to be my little girl's and my little boy's friend. I'm called to be their daddy, their parent. He failed at home by exercising more leadership and influence in the gate of the city than he did his own home. And he ignored the Holy Spirit. Listen, he failed his home because he ignored the Holy Spirit as it pertains to living separated lives. It said in 2 Peter 2.8 that that righteous man, Lot, dwelling among the people in Sodom, in what he saw and heard, he tortured, he vexed, he tortured his righteous soul each and every day. The Spirit was telling him, get out, move out. Let him keep, if you can't feed all the animals, leave the animals, get out. But he clung to status. He clung to acceptance. He clung to the world. He clung to his money. And he clung to his position as a leader in the city gates. And he failed his home. Sir, I don't care what school you send your babies to. I don't care what kind of designer clothes they have. They will not go to a place that you have not led them. Yes, it's important to leave a legacy. Yes, it's important to leave an inheritance. But leave the godly inheritance first. First. Ben, if you would come, please. The last day believers are saved, but with footnotes. Saved, but with footnotes. Saved, but at a distance. Did you notice when the Lord visited Abraham... There was the Lord and two angels. And when the angels visited Lot, it was only the angels. No intimacy. The Lord was not welcome. And the Lord did not feel at home with Lot. Abram lived in a tent. And God stooped in through the flap of that tent and had supper with him. But he didn't even go visit Lot. Saved but living in darkness. The angels and Jesus visited Abraham in the day. But the angels visited Lot at night. Saved without an altar. Saved without discernment. Lot lived where angels wouldn't even spend the night. Saved without power. Saved but lingering. Saved but drug. He had to be drugged into God's will. Saved but fearful. And as he was leaving the city, he's negotiating with the angels. Can we stay here? Can we stay here? Because if we go there, living in fear instead of trusting the Lord. Saved but trying to chart his own course. Saved but bankrupt. Lot lost it all. He lost his wife. He lost his assets. He lost his possessions, his business, his influence, his future everything and if you love this world everything that's connected to that will burn up just like Lot's did he was saved but as by fire you've heard that in the scripture saved but as by fire it means this like your home catching on fire and at the last minute you wake up and you grab your two daughters your wife dies in the fire and you come out there's no insurance back then by the way and you get out. He was saved. But as by fire, there's nothing left. And there will be people in heaven that are called least in the kingdom.
Search your scripture. They'll be called great in the kingdom. They're going to be called least in the kingdom. Least because they brought nothing with them for Jesus. Nothing. Saved. But as by fire. All that was gained was lost. All that shined was now dulled. All that consumed them was now consumed. And all that God winked at was now destroyed. There's no mention of Abraham and Lot's relationship after this. Some believe that Lot had been killed with the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Others that believe that when Abram heard of the sin of incest, he separated himself from him. But this we know. Listen, listen. There is no record of Lot after this having relationship or benefit from Abram and God's covenant with him. So, Pastor, how do I make sure that I'm not one of these type of believers in the last days? Esteem eternal riches over temporal riches. Esteem them. Make your choices based on them. Guard your heart because man cannot do it for you and God will not do it for you. Reject the wisdom of this world and pursue the wisdom of God's word and be submitted to it. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Make your home your first responsibility. Let God's fire purify you now instead of God's fire burn up your life later. I ask them to have a song ready for us. We're going to play this. You can just remain seated. And I want you to think about the words. And if it echoes in your heart, just lift a hand or tell the Lord, Lord, this is my prayer for me. Would you pray that, Josh?
Y'all stand with me this morning. Let that be your prayer. To open our soul, Lord, to your spirit. May I pray for us this morning? Lord, I know for a fact that we're in the last days before your return. I know for a fact that the days of Lot are prevalent. But I know also that the life of Abraham is an option and available to us. May we, O oh Lord, separate ourselves. May we be a peculiar people, a holy priesthood, a royal nation consecrated unto you, separated from the world. And I'm asking this over this church, every man and woman, child, that we would not be one that escapes but as by fire, but we might have an abundant entrance into the kingdom of heaven through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I thank you for my church family and our church home, Lord, and for your great blessings. Keep us, O God. Preserve us unto your return. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless.